welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. I am so happy to share that this episode is sponsored by our friends over at Daft Boy. Daft Boy is an LGBTQ plus owned and operated startup based in San Francisco, committed to creating high quality and unique fans, accessories, and gear perfect for any occasion. Listeners of Block Talk can earn 15% off their purchase at daftboy.com with the code BLOCKTALK15. That's BLOCKTALK15 at daftboy.com. And as always, follow me on Instagram at MichaelBlockTalk, on Twitter at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterinthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. A part of the legendary House of Kiki, this powerhouse performer has been a staple in NYC for years. A toast to little Michelle Kiki. How are you? I'm good. I see what you did there. I, I had to. I had to. Listen, we're, we're going to discuss that song later. Um, but but uh, how are you? How, how's your summer going so far? It's going good. It's been a good summer. It feels like it's been a good, like. It hasn't been like the summer it hasn't been that long, but it already feels like we've been four or five months into the summer. Yeah, and the heat's not helping anybody. It's really not. This heat wave is crazy. I've been yeah, in, it... I've been in water for the last four days. Hey, you know what? That's important. I there there's a pool at the hotel I'm in that I haven't taken advantage of yet, but I'm like, you know what? I need oh, yeah. to do it. I should. I got to do it. That's the um, yeah, I, I, well, I'm excited to have you on the podcast. We are here to learn about you. Get the listeners to learn about you. So, uh, don't be afraid to hold back. I won't. Well, Trust I me. always, <laughs> I love to start at the beginning and get the listeners to learn a little bit about you. Go and <laughs> where are you from? Where? What, what's home for you? Home. Home is twenty four oh six. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> home is. I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. What um, was life like in the Dominican Republic? Um, quiet ish. I grew up um, in church. My dad mm-hmm. was a neurologist, so we we had a very like structured life. Um, it was just yeah, very like normal, quiet, structured. What were you like as a kid? Quiet. I yeah. Mean, believe it or not, I was. I don't know. It's weird because um, like I was very quiet in general, but at the same time, kind of like outspoken. Like I was the kid that in class I would always have the questions, but like, but why? did the dinosaur do that or like why mm-hmm. did the comic come to you know like i always had the extra questions you're very like, inquisitive yes that's the word i couldn't think <laughs> about it because english is my second language so i have to translate that's, that's fair that's fair uh when did you come to the states i came i moved here when i was 14 years old so that was um august 12th will make 18 years since amazing I- that's awesome what was it, the hardest transition for you coming to the States? I think like adapting to the culture or, mm-hmm. you know, like, learn, like speaking English and like going to school and stuff. You know, I, 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 we moved here and I was, I was straight into high school. Mm-hmm. So that was a big culture shock. Luckily, I went to at an international school. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it was, it was an easier process, but it was still, it was still hard. That, um, and American kids are just a lot meaner. 
Yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. <laughs> now, moving to America, did you engulf yourself in American pop culture, or did you have a little bit of that beforehand? No, uh, not like that. I mean, like I mentioned, I grew up um, in church. I grew up in Tabasco. So mm-hmm. pop culture was something that we never were um, a part of. Um, you, the only thing we were allowed to listen to was Christian music, and that's it, nothing else. And, or like Beethoven and shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so no, I wasn't like really exposed to that. So when I was coming here and going to high school, especially going to high school in the Bronx, I, that's when I started learning a lot about like uh, music and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, this is why it's not cool. So in the Bronx, what would you say was like the first style of music or the first artist that you're like, that's my person? I want to say Fergie, because mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. like the time of Fergie. She had just left the Black Eyed Peas. I'm talking about like 2003, 2004. She had just okay. left 2004. She had just left the Black Eyed Peas, and she was doing like my humps and like all these like sexy things. Um, and I was like, oh, that's hot. Also, the pussy got all. I'm talking about like, don't you wish that was out like me? Like that's mm-hmm. that like style. Um, um, also, Hillary Duff. Oh, naturally. Hillary Duff. <laughs> obsessed with Hillary Duff because we moved here and then my cousins would watch those Empire shows. So I was like, oh, what's that? Mm-hmm. And then I started getting into it. So I used to look up to Hillary Duff a lot when I was a kid. But like, what, growing up, like, what, what do you think Lizzie McGuire is up to now? I know what she's up to. I follow her on Instagram, girl. <laughs> Hello. She got kids. She lives in Long Island. She is currently on um, How I Met Your Father, which is mm-hmm. on Hulu. Watch it. It's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she lives her best life. I love her. She's like super chill. I met her once at the AIDS walk. In, like, That's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, being exposed to New York and, and everything that New York has to offer, when did you start falling in love with Broadway? The first like musical interaction that I had because we could watch movies. That mm. is loud. So I remember watching Wizard of Oz when I was very young. I can't remember like the age, but like, maybe like six or seven. Mm-hmm. And I and I was just like mesmerized by it. And the story and the music and the singing and like the possibility of telling the story through um, through that. So that sparked my interest into like theater and acting and you know, what now has become drag uh, for me. Uh, but I was very much like, still kind of like doing that. So like every time there would be like a church event, oh, we have to recreate the killing of so-and-so. I want to die. So <laughs> we're going to recreate the birth of Jesus. Jesus right here. Hello. Like it was, I was always like volunteer to, the, to do all those things and like try to organize that shit. And I'm at a very early age. I'm talking about like literally like, 10 years old, I was up on up the stage. So you were yeah. always ready to be the star? Always. I was like, Jesus, hello, crucify me, daddy. <laughs> when did drag enter your life? Um, I, uh, July 12th was my eighth year anniversary. Amazing. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yes, eight years ago. All right, let's talk about your origin story of your drag name and persona. How did it come to be? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna hate me for this 
the Lola Michelle comes from Leah Michelle. Oh boy. Okay. All right. There it is. <laughs> I love her. I love her so much. And I've met her several times. She's super sweet. Um, and yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I, her, the way that she was, it's kind of like the way that I ended up being. Because, like, finally, like, by high school, like, um, by 12th grade, I was very comfortable. I finally came out. I was the first openly gay person in my high school mm-hmm. ever. Um, so there was a lot of stuff, but I got like you know like the girls kind of like had my back. So we um, let Sarah kind of like brought shit, and yeah, like I don't know, like I was just I was Rachel Berry. I was always like in every play. I was I used to play the violin. Um, like I was in every major club in high school. I was in charge of the uh, senior committee for the for the senior book. I was in charge of the senior trip. I was in charge of, like everything. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I also like I love I love her. She's great. She can sing her ass off. So you you were a big Glee fan, and you must have been. yes. I was definitely a big Glee fan, hundred percent. Were you um, there for the music or for the story? I hope it's the music. <laughs> I was there. Well, <laughs> I was there for the first two seasons. We were all there, kind of for both. Exactly. Oh, and Ryan Murphy. Just, you know, that, that kind of just you know. Absolutely. Became its own thing, and then yeah, you know, they tried to be too edgy, and then there's edge and then there's play. So literally, how would you describe Lola in three words? In three words, campy, thoughtful, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to use two words a lot. All right, that 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 that's yeah. How long now does it take to transform into Lola? Uh, as long as as I as I need to. Have any traditions <laughs> as you get um, ready? I can I can do it. Like if I'm rushing, I don't like to rush though. Mm-hmm. I still like to believe that I give myself four hours to get ready, which is completely ridiculous. But you know, that's the idea. Um, I will. I'd like to give myself at least two full hours to get ready. Mm-hmm. I can do it in 30 minutes. At least a face. Just if it it has to be that. Do you have any favorite makeup products? Um, Alyssa Edwards palette for Anastasia Beverly Hills is probably my favorite thing. I use it a lot. I buy it repeatedly. Um, I I use a lot of pink and purples. Mm -hmm. And that palette has really good pink and purples. So if... If you made a Lola Michelle Kiki palette, pinks and purples would be the primary oh, colors. hundred percent. Pink is my favorite color anyway. I know, okay. Uh, it's my favorite <laughs> color anyway. So like my like my foundation is pink. Um, yeah. So like, there's definitely will be a lot of pinks, purples, nude. I love a nude. I don't mm. put any color on my lips ever. Um, I always, always, always wear it. That's like a like a Lola staple thing. Nice. I so created, when I created. So when you started in the world of drag, who were some of the first people that helped you out? So there used to be this queen back in the day. Her name used to be Kudala Rue. She doesn't do drag anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was kind of like the first person to introduce me into drag. She like gave me makeup tips, gave me makeup, um, and kind of like started trying to like guide me through it uh we ended up having a falling out but after time um ari who 
later on ended up, ended up becoming my drag mother, uh, was someone who was very like helpful and like getting my first gigs. Um, I'll say that my first gig was that was ever given to me, that was a recurring gig every week type of situation, uh, was given to me by Logan Hardcore. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that was brunch. And that was my first brunch. And I was a year into drag and it was a lot. And I learned a lot, a lot of those three years of running that. But that was because of Logan. How would you say you've grown since you first started drag? Um, I drag stopped being like a fun thing to do, um, and mm -hmm. it became a job. Yeah. So I'm definitely a lot more business oriented when it comes to um, my art, and also like knowing your worth and knowing your value, you know, and not absolutely people take advantage of of that. Um, yeah. I would say that that kicked in though, like in the last like five years. Yeah. The, the first yeah. three years, the first three years were a big joke. I mean, there still has to be a little bit of fun when you are in the world of drag, but I, I agree. I think it needs to be a business because if, if you're going to be making this a career for yourself, you have to be able to know of course, you have when to take you're worth it. Yeah. For other people to take yourself seriously. And that's something that I also learned the hard way. I think that I jeopardize a lot of, um, opportunities in the uh, in early in my career because of unprofessionalism and mm -hmm. when people ask me what are things that are important about drag like that's what it's like being professional I'm always yeah. on time if I am on time I mean I'm always early if I'm on time to me that's late yeah if I get to the venue like five minutes before I have to go on stage I am freaking out like I'd I be I'd be gonna we be a playhouse and uh, our show is at 11 and I'll be getting there at like 845. Yeah. <laughs> I'm crazy. I, I I respect that because I'm definitely the same way. I mean, I grew up in theater, so that was always the right. mindset. Um, if, if you're late, not not going to work. Uh, no, your no understudy is going right on. No one's waiting for you. The show's going. Yeah. What are some of your inspirations in drag, whether they're um, drag artists or people who aren't drag artists? What inspires you? Well, theater inspires me a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, I mean, I'm a big Lady Gaga fan and I love her. I'm excited to go see her in a few weeks. Um, drag wise, like I have my like drag performance that I like of my family inspires me constantly. Mm -hmm. um, like just recently, my drag brother had his first invasion ever at Stonewall and like yesterday Katrina had six-ish um, and the, like I it felt as a big sister I kind of felt like oh like just really inspired by that because my, yeah. two, my two little siblings are like doing really big fucking things um, and it's great you know so that my like my family always keeps me uh, very motivated and pushing forward and yeah whenever um there are times that I like disconnect or like have like an off period and anything that's related with like live performance kind of like reels me back. Um, a couple months ago, I, it was, I was having a really di difficult time because I was stressing coming back into the scene after my accident. Mm -hmm. and, and I had a show, my invasion was a week and like in a week and the week prior, the Sunday prior, I went and saw Paolo Guitar and that, reel me back mm -hmm. yeah because the way that they perform I, I, 
and I've never seen this person before, but they were amazing. Um, yeah, so always like art performance. Now, Where I want to talk about your in injury a little bit. What was it like to be away from the scene? Did you feel the urge to want to participate and just know you could not for oh the longevity? God. Oh my God, all the time. If anything, my merchandise that I queue. <laughs> Uh, if anything, the merchandise that I release is a representation of what that felt for me. So in the design, um, my ribs are exposed and there's blood coming out of my body because mm -hmm. it represents how like the pain and the bleeding out that I felt literally because I, I, I would go out and watch shows because that was like my way of like coping or like yeah. my way of, of like getting my fix. Uh, but and I would just like be jealous, like seeing all my sisters do their thing and but at the same time, like having a good time, but you know, like just like fun. Yeah, I mean, I I understand it because um, some some people know last year I had a um, a serious back and nerve issue that like I could not walk, I could not leave the house, I had to, like be in New Jersey because I couldn't go a single block without having to sit and stop. So I understand I would, like the the yeah. urge to want to be there and making it happen. I would say the first like two or three weeks were the worst like I was crying it, it was it was just a lot I was forcing people to go out and send me videos or yeah. go live so I could see things yeah. um yeah I watched every every single thing on Netflix yeah what was the best what's the recommendation from Lola from what I oh my god there was so many things definitely I finally got into um euphoria okay okay Finally got into Euphoria. Um, I, uh, what is it? Big Little Fires. Mm -hmm. Oh, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. And then Little uh -huh. Fires Everywhere. Those yes. two things. Combine the two <laughs> shows. They're basically the same. Oh, my God. Basically, right. White <laughs> people. Yes. <laughs> White people issues. Don't get this started. Literally. <laughs> oh, my God. No, but there, there, were a lot of, there was a lot of good things. I did... Um, like I did like a whole list of what I would have watched in 31 Days of Halloween. So I watched 31 more. Oh, nice. Yeah. So when it comes to putting together a look, what would you say your drag style is? How, what is the process for you being like, all right, I'm going out to a gig. This is what I'm going to wear. Something, something comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a 300 pound dude, like something comfortable. But I also like something that that shines, and I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, like I have a very simple yet sophisticated look to myself. Um, I'm not a look queen per se. I don't, you know, I don't do looks like that. I don't do theme things. I'm just I, I'm pretty and have a really great personality. <laughs> so that's what gets me booked. Um, yeah, just like anything like chic and cute and simple um although i've really been doing the gowns lately and the kids are eating it up i just you have any i have like four more gowns being made right now but well, well speaking of being made do, who are some of your favorite collaborators when it comes to design um i've i've have i have a design from purina mm -hmm. and i love it it's one of my favorite outfits i call it my silly beyond uh, it's really chic and very sleek and it's all silk and it's really beautiful and it's pink uh -huh. Um, I I work a lot with Morgan Wells. Mm -hmm. She does stuff for um, 
like pageant girls and bigger girls and she has a website and stuff and I don't know her stuff just really fits me really well nice. like very well but I have some other friends that have just like done like personal stuff for me um, as gifts and stuff and what about hair any collaborators collaborators you love um I have my girl Luna from Chicago but mm-hmm. she out of she's not commissioner right now but I think Acacia forgot is hooking me up with hair like great her job, her work is fucking amazing, and I really like. I really, really, really love working with her. She's done a lot of myself. Also, Style by Michael has some stuff mm-hmm. that I have, um, and they're really great too. Yeah, we we love them on the podcast. Yes, I like to discuss current New York City nightlife as the now and then the before times. You know, the life Ooh. before pre-COVID. Um, what have you found has been the biggest difference? The biggest difference since COVID. See the thing. Oh, let me see. I don't know because I feel like not a lot has changed. Okay. You know, I feel like at the beginning of COVID, when we were doing all the regulations and stuff, people were more present. But people are about to be in just the same fucking assholes that they were before. Okay. Um, the same drunk messes. You know, same discrimination. Same shit. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think much has changed anymore because we're, I feel like we're back to normal. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't see people. I mean, some people still wear masks and stuff, but it's really rare to see everyone on a mask anymore right now. Whatever has the so. world and the culture that's come out of like the digital drag age affect anything that's happening now in nightlife in your opinion? Uh, yes. I, I think that we're, we're, we're paying more attention to detail. Because mm-hmm. we had to by doing all this shit Absolutely. online, you know, because people were right here mm-hmm. um, on your face, um, watching you, seeing everything. Um, so I think it's it's made us more aware. Um, I think it's made us more. Um, I think we value each other, our, ourselves and each other a little more mm-hmm. because we made it through that. We pushed ourselves through through that and then we also realized that it actually it's actually really fucking hard to do what we do so i feel like at least for me like i feel like my like i value myself more as an artist and i think you know like if someone comes at me with, with a certain gig or something and saying no it's okay because i value myself more as an artist absolutely i made it through a fucking pandemic doing concert shows on fucking twitch or whatever it's called <laughs> yeah now since you entered the scene eight years ago, what what has changed? Has nightlife evolved for the better? Ooh. Who can say if I can change for the better? <laughs> um, I don't think that nightlife has evolved for the better. There's a lot of things that are wrong with nightlife still. Um, mm-hmm. I think people, nightlife is a little bit more inclusive, I would say. Um, we see there's a lot more brown people, black and brown people being represented. Um, and on our bars and on our shows and so that it's a little different but i think uh, it's a lot man i grew up in the in the age of like splash and hush and heaven and greenhouse and jade hotel like those parties don't exist like that anymore kids yeah. turn on their phone people are not present everything's on tiktok everything's on snapchat everything's on ig um yeah i took pride on like like we went to Sixes yesterday and I recorded barely anything because I'm just there watching. Yeah. I'm like, fall down. 
do you think the age of do you think the age of drag race has affected that as well um i think partially drag drag race relates a lot um relies a lot on social media and the social media presence and one of the big factors of how these girls get chosen to be on the show is how much social media presence you have and sure. you know i'm in how did i not supposed to say this <laughs> in the upcoming season we have two social media quote-unquote moguls or whatever you right. know like mm-hmm. so we're talking about that uh so oh i can't wait i i have a lot of opinions and i think i've slowly like put them out there through the podcast so people are learning my opinions on it right. um, it's not great but it, you're right it's a thing it's a thing <laughs> it's a thing and 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 they benefit from that they benefit from that a lot and they use these people after the fact for the same for the same purposes you know because yeah. they have that presence absolutely now you mentioned the parties of the before times is there anything else that you wish would come back make a reappearance or or any venues any Anybody. venues you love to come back? I mean, I'm like Splash was so special, even mm-hmm. though it was like, even though the owners were a mess and racist and whatnot. But it it was like it was it was still such a special place where all the weirdos will come out. Greenhouse was really cool too on Sundays. That that band that party changed my mm-hmm. life because I, it was the first time that I was introduced to the to like club kids and that sure. aspect. Um, and then I started learning about limelight and all that stuff and like what um, New York in the 80s and 90s was um, about. So those kind of parties, we don't have a lot of stuff like that. We try to recreate it, but again, our gener- this generation is just different. Mm-hmm. You know, they request songs by writing it up, you know, on a notepad on their phones. Like, right. What makes a drag artist have longevity in New York? Um, professionalism absolutely with be professional always at all times throughout the throughout the board i mean like with your bar staff with your audience with yourself with everything um and keep trying to keep yourself somewhat like up to date which is really hard Mm -hmm. it's very hard but try to keep like shit new you know like for every two numbers that you repeat try to do something new yeah. So it, so it's not like always the same thing. So you can keep like changing and evolving and stuff like that. Also, like so, your repertoire is different. Um, not everyone wants to go sit down and see Satisfied for the hundredth time. Now, speaking of up to date, are there any new or up and coming drag artists in New York that you've had your eye on that you'd like to work with in the future? So. This has been like an itch of mine lately because I'm like, I don't really get to work with new people, which mm-hmm. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love working with my sisters um, and working with my sister and working with my friends always provides also like sort of a safety net. So like a sure. comfortability. But and because I haven't had a solo show by myself in so long, it hasn't given me the opportunity to work with these other people. So I am pursuing more opportunities where I can do that, uh, which is why I have my invasion on the 6th, 6th, um, right? Is that a yeah. Whatever, the first first Sunday of August um, at the Stonewall Inn, where I'll be working with my drag brother, Mystery Monkey Key, because uh, we don't get to do shows together often. Um, and I'm trying, and I'm bringing in some other artists um, 
it's the seven. Not the six, yeah. Seven. Uh, and I'm bringing in some other artists that I don't get to work with. Um, I'm, I was trying to get uh, this drag king TJ Maxx mm-hmm. um, to come, but they have a they have a prior commitment that day. But they're really, 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 really fucking great. Uh, yeah. So I'm trying to uh, like get more of those kind of opportunities so I can do that. There's definitely like a handful of girls that yeah. are coming out now that I'm like I want to work with you. Nice. Um, I recently got to do um, this brunch at Macy's with Sugarcane, and mm-hmm. um, Skywalker was one mm-hmm. of the one of the other guests, and I've never worked with them before, and it was such a key. Oh my god, I had so <laughs> much fun. So now I'm like, I need a show to work with this bitch because this bitch is fucking crazy. She's so much, it was so much fun. Absolutely. Well, between hosting and guest spots at places like Lucky Chang's, The Cock, Playhouse, Stonewall, and more, how do you keep your shows fresh, and how do you keep those crowds coming back for more? Um, I kind of, like, force people into coming back. I'm really good at that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that's really kind of bad. Anyway, um, I don't know. I Whenever I see, like, something funny, I'm like, how, what can I do with that? How can I yeah. create something? Um, also, working at Lucky Chang's has given me the opportunity to create concepts constantly, constantly like mm-hmm. new material, because we have themed, um, all of our shows are themed. Sure. So every time, it changes very, like every month is a different thing. So that also make, helps me like keep my repertoire going. Um, and if there's like a cute new little song, like I also like, I don't just only do mixes. I also like perform um, regular like music or, you know, mm-hmm. like, like a straight song. So there's, there's a lot there, you know? Um, recently, uh, we for, for Over Pride, I went to see Broadway Bears, and they had the song "Alive" by Sia playing. I haven't heard that song in like five years. So I'm like, yeah. oh my god, why not? Dude, it's become one of my favorite songs to perform now. I've been doing it every week. So yeah, just like stuff like that, um, and just I'm honest with my audience about why I perform the things that I perform, and I think that that keeps them interested. Absolutely, um, you know, we get to know each other. They like who I am. They come back for more. Do you feel like you have to adjust your lineup of material depending on the venue or the crowd? Yes and no. I think that I used to do that a lot more, but I feel like now I set my own ground. I do what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, like if there's a specific request, like there's, I don't know, what the fuck. Like, what's the pitch like? <laughs> uh, like, it's St. Patrick's Day. Sure, I'll do lucky if I bring the spears. You know, <laughs> but. Um, but like it's no like i i am me and my music tells my story and um, that's what i'm putting out there yeah. i'm not good at being anyone else but myself absolutely which i respect is, which that is, which is like a one thing that i like terrified which is what i'm bad at like doing concerts because i i don't know like girl a snatch game i will fuck that up immediately who would i do me <laughs> but who are you i am me honey me hello yeah. So you mentioned the invasion. You also will be debuting a new weekly show at Playhouse with Vince's Katrina Lovelace. Yeah. What are you allowed? Yeah. What are you allowed to share about these new <laughs> ventures? Um, who's that? No, uh, it's starting soon. Uh, probably, yeah, <laughs> we have a name for it. Mm-hmm. But we haven't released the name. I don't know because you're just gonna kill me. <laughs> well, you 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 can you can keep it a secret and then okay, yeah. 
but it's it's gonna it's gonna be um be starting very very soon it's gonna be on monday nights amazing um we'll we'll talk about her more i'm sure but what is it about your dynamic with katrina that has lasted as long as it has katrina and i started drag around the same time so she started on um what is it? June twenty sixth, I mean, something like that. June twenty sixth, mm. June twenty seventh, and I started late, like August of that. I mean, um, July of that year. So it's we started at the same time. We would do season star search mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. So and then Kiki afterwards. So we got to know each other. We've grown. We've grown together um, as sisters, and she's my. You know, like we're best friends. We just get one another are you like a yin yin yang type duo or are you just so similar that it just works i mean i don't know about yin and yang i think we're actually very different um and i think that's why it works Mm -hmm. because we're we're, in a way we're polar opposites but just really silly and you complete each other yes she definitely compliments a lot of, of me and when I'm when I do shows by myself, I'm constantly like thinking of I'm not like, like I'm literally constantly thinking of her. Um, my sister, love her. Well, we're gonna play a game. Our first um, game. It's called okay. This or That. I'm okay. gonna give you two options, and you just pick the one you prefer. That's, uh, Day or night. Night. Plane or train. Plane. Pool or beach. Ooh, damn it. Can we just do both at the same table? Like I'm doing sure. Today? <laughs> sure. Pizza or pasta? Pasta. Pigeon or rat? Ooh, pigeon. Instagram or Twitter? Instagram. Harry or Ron? <gasps> no! <laughs> Harry. <laughs> Gryffindor or Slytherin? Slytherin. Play or musical? Musical. Leading lady or chorus boy? In the Heights or Hamilton? Oh no, you can't do this to me. <laughs> Fuck. Um, uh, shit, in the Heights. All right, there it is. Well, I thought we were going to get the perfect segue, but I love to go behind the music and learn I mean, about your signature it. number. It's about like one inch apart, okay? That was a very close call. In that's fair, that's fair. Just- it's more personal because that's fair. That's fair. Caribbean and shit. <laughs> well, I love to go behind the music and learn your, about your signature number and how it became your signature number. And I think we're all on the same page. What your signature number is. <laughs> yes. Is it from Hamilton? It is from Hamilton. <laughs> how did satisfied become your number? It just sort of happened. Um, I saw I saw Judy Darling perform it for the first time. Mm-hmm. This was ages ago. I mean, I'm talking about like oh, like six, seven years ago. Whenever the whenever Hamilton came out, it was it was a long time ago. Yeah. And I saw her do it. I was like, "What the fuck is this?" I didn't even know about Hamilton. I was like, "What is this?" So she's like, "I'm like, okay." Start doing some digging. I was like, yo, this shit is good. And I love anything that has a lot of words mm-hmm. because I have a really tight lip sync. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I learned it and 
at the time I was working, I was a cocktail server at Star of Cocktail Wages at Stonewall um, doing Logan Harker's show on Tuesday night, on Thursday nights. So I tried it, and Logan was like, you're doing that every week. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And it just, from the, literally, I would do that every single Thursday. And the regulars would be like, she's doing Hamilton. Boom. She's doing Hamilton. Okay. Like, and it just became like a thing. And that's really what started it. Now, I've looked at videos from like those performances like Stonewall, and I'm like, yes. it's completely different from the way that I perform it now. Um, I think I've grown a lot more as an artist. And my choices on my stage choices are completely mm -hmm. different from the way that I was at the beginning. But my looks and hustle was staying tight and intent. Um, so yeah, it just became that and and people just like it. They like that is a lot of words. And I know obviously when you do a piece of musical theater, there, there's a story within it. There there's acting choices, there there are beats, there there's a lot to work with it. I'm sure the um, longevity of you using that as material you've learned a lot about the song what oh, yeah. what have you discovered about Lin-Manuel Miranda's lyrics in that number I don't know I don't, I don't know I don't know how he writes I don't know where it comes from I don't because the song it's actually very fucking sad absolutely and, and and if you like dig into the lyrics the pain that she is in watching the love of her life be with someone else it, I've like I've personally have been there I have cried before, but that's not before. Yeah. Between us girls. And it, I don't know, like, there's a lot of pain. And I like, I'm a Gemini, so I like, I, like, I like pain. Like, I thrive in sadness. I'm like, woo, depression was good. Like, mm -hmm. so I don't know. It, like, there's a lot of pain in it. And I feel it every time. And I like feeling things. I'm not scared to be vulnerable. I like being emotional. Um, and I like showing that to people. And so every time that I, that's especially with that song, well, when I perform it, I definitely like really give my all, especially if I'm doing it at Stonewall because Chauncey um, is usually the DJ. And again, we used to do it on Thursdays. So the, we have a, a very specific lighting <laughs> setup um, program with the number and it's really fucking epic. Have you imagined doing it as like a full stage production number before? Oh my God, that is my dream. I, so I'm like, if I do like a big pageant ever, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to do satisfy, but I'm going to do shit with an, with an ensemble. Yeah. Like I, I want the dancers, the dresses, the whole shenanigan. Have you seen Hamilton? Oh, of course I have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, we're going to fucking turn the stage somehow and rewind this motherfucker. Like it, yeah. everything. I want the whole team. Because that, like, that's going to be my talent number. I love it. I'm here for it. I mean, I, when, did, do that. I did do that for Miss Stonewall in 2018. Uh, oh, I, I would say I, ha I have pictures. Which, which landed me. Um, <laughs> congeniality. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah. Satisfied. I love that. <laughs> now, when you do create mixes and other numbers, are you someone who finds the song first, the theme, the spoken word? What is your journey in creating a mix? It all comes differently. Sometimes if I hear a song and then I think, then I can think of like a random, you know, like concept. Mm -hmm. So like if I hear a song and I'm like, oh, 
sex and then I'll I'll start looking for things related to sex. Or I can just be like watching SNL and see something I was like, oh my God, yeah. how can I make a mix around that specifically? And then start looking at like songs and concepts and stuff. It's not easy. No, obviously, I'm not, I'm, I'm not no absolutely not. Like, it takes me a very long time. And, like some of my best mixes I've done within like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of the other ones have taken me like to yeah it's, it's, i mean it, at the end of the day it's writing it's it's writing something yeah. basically yeah it's very 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 hard but drag roulettes you're a staple at drag shows this is your chance to speak oh to the audience <laughs> this is your chance one what do you want more requests of and two what do you want them to ballad. stop requesting i want more requests of ballads okay we're tired Usually, drag roulettes happen at the end of the show. We're exhausted. So basically, uh, request Celine Dion, and then then you're good. Yeah, girl, I give it every time. It's my favorite. Give me a fan, <laughs> And if I'm doing Titanic, give me a bucket of ice. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, ballads. I I don't think again. I didn't grow up in America, and I also and like I grew up in VR, and I grew up sheltered and in church. So I don't know a lot of like things that most people know like yeah. those those scrubs don't know that song i just literally like found out about it like three or four years ago because Jack mm-hmm. they're like scrubs i'm like what scrub why because i'm hispanic um <laughs> but yeah like stuff like that but it's not their fault you know they don't know but then they'll be like oh, let me know john i'm like what what does she say other than you're the one that i want or like you know, like stuff like that. I'm like, it always like puts me in, in like a really now. Tough now, spot. when like new music comes out, are you? I'm more. I'm more into like new music because I like I drive, so I listen to the radio a lot. Mm-hmm. The cool kids, so I listen to what the cool kids are listening to. Fair. Like, so, so you're ready with the new stuff? <laughs> yes, I am. Ava Max, well, that's my girl. Well, music is universal and it brings people together and helps give us a little insight on a person. In this game, we are going to play and create a playlist of nine songs that are the soundtrack of your life. This is Lola Michelle Kiki's ultimate playlist. So I'm going to give you a prompt and you're going to give me a song that fulfills that prompt. Go for it. All right. Number one, a song that reminds you of summer. Song that reminds me of summer. A song that reminds you of your first job. Oh, fuck. Um, what's that song by Seal? That we're never going to survive unless we get a little crazy. I don't that know. Song. Okay, okay. I, I think it's called Crazy by Seal. Yeah, because they used to play. I used to work at DKNY. That was my first right. like, real adult job. Um, and they, the playlist, oh my God, it was the same like 28 songs huh. on repeat. And that song, for some reason, every time that I would like come in or like something, like there was just something about that song. But that song reminds me of my first job. All right. Next is a song that reminds you of your best friend. Oh. Um, six from Six the Musical. Oh, I love that. A song that reminds you of pride. Ugh, anything Lady Gaga, Born This Way. There it is. A song that you sing in the shower. 
either Bad Bunny or I'm really big against that shit. Fix You by Coldplay. Okay. All right. All right. It's that. A song that helps you decompress. Fix You by Coldplay. A song that gets you. Sorry, Sarabarillas too. I do a lot of Sarabarillas. All right. A song that gets you in the mood to party. Oh. I am obsessed with Enigma from the Dawn of Chromatica album. Mm -hmm. There's something about that that is just so addictive and it drives me crazy. Also, the song El Apagón or Party by Bad Bunny. That. That's like when I hear that song, I'm like, we gotta do a shot. All right. A song from your favorite musical. Oof. Shit, that's hard. Um, I'm gonna go with On My Own from Rent. Okay. And finally, the song that made you who you are. Satisfied. There it is. <laughs> there it is. All right. We're going to play another game. Uh, if you're not familiar with the website Cameo, you can book a celebrity to record a message for you or a loved one for a small price, yes. but each celebrity has a different cost. In this game, you have to guess who costs more. And we're going to do the oh. Broadway edition. All right. So I found some uh, Broadway stars or quote unquote stars. You're going to tell me which one costs more. So let, we're going to test your Broadway knowledge as well. Oh, God, great. <laughs> All right. Like First said, up. Modern, modern musicals, too. Most of these are modern enough, but we'll okay. start off with Debbie Gibson or Debbie Allen. Who, who's, who's more? Yeah, Debbie who costs Gibson. more? It's actually Debbie Allen, $400, what? and Debbie Gibson is $299. That's uh, not that bad, though. I thought it was going to be like $59,000. Okay, that's Next is Laura Bell Bundy or Laura Osnes. Oh my God, Laura Bell Bundy. I love her. That's correct. 125. Uh, Laura Osnes is 89. Oh, You're not too bad. Uh, next, we have Lorna Luft or Cheryl Lee Ralph. Cheryl. It is Cheryl Lee Ralph. $200. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> Lorna Luft is 125. Next is Donna McKechnie or Leah Michelle's new co star, Tova Felchu. <laughs> uh, Tova, yeah. It's actually Donna McKechnie. She's a hundred. Tova felt you seventy five dollars. That's it. That's I'm it. Yeah, yeah. All about to get Christmas cameos. I'm telling you. <laughs> right. I've right, Next the up. Next, we have Frenchie Davis or Justin Guarini. Frenchie Davis. You're actually. That's a trick question. They're both a hundred dollars. Oh, okay. I can see why. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Nick Adams or Matt Doyle. Nick Adams. It is Nick Adams, sixty dollars well, over the Tony winner, for, who is fifty-five dollars. Um, this one, this cheap. I know drag queens charge more for this shit. I know, right? Crazy. Uh, next up, this is gonna be fun. Megan Hilty or Catherine McPhee. Oh god. Probably Catherine McPhee because the hype, but Megan Hilty should be a lot more expensive. This is a lot better. You got it. Catherine McPhee, 125. Megan Hilty is only $75. Girl, I'm telling you, Christmas cameos, everybody. And finally, how much can you get a Sierra Bajas cameo for? Who? 
Sierra Bajas, uh, the former okay. Little Mermaid. Girl, not much. I would give her like fifty dollars, seventy five dollars, seventy five dollars. She loves herself. Two hundred bucks. Oh, girl, goodbye. Yeah, that's no. how I feel. It's like, really? That's who's what, uh, who's that out there playing it that much? I don't What's know. Michael I don't Hilti know. Is here doing candies for seventy five bucks. Hello, crazy, insane. Oh my god, I can't. How much is Leah Michelle? Is she not doing it? <laughs> She's not another. Are you kidding me? She'd probably be a thousand bucks. I'll pay it. Shit. She's like, you can't afford me. Um, are you go- are you going to Sage Door the show when she's in it? Um, I try to buy tickets and then I the tickets went through and literally like I'm like oh I'm going shit I paid three hundred dollars for one ticket but whatever and then they emailed me two hours later saying oh we oversold tickets so here's your refund. <gasps> Girl, yeah. oh. So I haven't rebought a ticket. I haven't repurchased a ticket. Um, I will eventually. Should be there for a while. Hopefully that's the hope. But I wanted to, but I wanted to be like, I wanted to go there on like her opening, but whatever. That's fair. That's fair. All right. How important is family in nightlife? Very important. Family gets you through. Family. Not everyone finds it, but I've been very, very fortunate to have family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but family is very important. I don't know. My family, we're very close. Like my drug brothers, not literally in this car right now. <laughs> Um, we're very we're very tight we're all very tight um we're there for each other we come for each other <laughs> like literally like they've been coming for me but um yeah do you think you'd have a different do you think you'd have a different journey if you didn't have a drag family i think that i wouldn't be doing drag if i didn't have a drag family that's a hundred percent fact i have wanted to quit drag probably like nine or ten times in the last few years and it would have happened it would have happened like four years ago. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, nightlife is a lot. New York is a lot, and and family gets through. So if it, I didn't have my family, not only in drag but just like in general, if I didn't have my drag family and like my nightlife family, I would I wouldn't be alive. Period. I love that. If you could give one piece of advice to a drag performer just starting out, what would it be? No. Um, no, I would say, like, go out and do competitions, please, and like, learn as much as you pro- as you can about the craft. It's not a game. It's not a joke. It's like I get like it's cute and you you feel your oats, but it's it's not like this is serious. It, you know, like people's livelihoods depend depend on it, so treat it with respect. Um, Absolutely. And, fig- and figure out that it that it's what you want to do. If you're just doing it just because, then don't do it. You know, like find find your purpose and find your drive and find your your will and what excites you about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. What makes New York City nightlife special? It's diversity. I mean, we have one of the, if not the mo- the most diverse uh, group of performers of all types in the world um there's nothing anywhere and i mean i haven't been many places but ain't nobody can motherfucking tell me that there's anything like like new york city anywhere in the world i agree i have seen things here that i know i will never see anywhere else and i know i see different things but whatever i know we're gonna do it better 
we're gonna we can keep this vague. We can go into depth, whatever you want to do. But given the recent controversy in nightlife, what will it take to get this community to do better when it comes to hiring and treating trans and people of color? We definitely need some sort of union. We need like that town hall meeting that they're planning. That it has to happen. Um, there has to be inclusion in that town hall too, so that there's our voices are heard. Um, we we do need a union though. There's too much people um, who give a lot and that the city and nightlife itself benefits from and they're not getting, you know, like no, one, no one's getting anything, um, like no security. There, there's people that I know that have retired and there's, there's no retirement plan right. in nightlife, you know, like you just figure it out. You better, better have saved up. Uh, so yeah, that we definitely need that. Also, because when things like this happen, that that's who addresses it. So yeah. there's actual, so actual change happens. Because this is not the first time that this happened. The whole shit with the Q and this whole racism and discrimination. This is the first time that it happens, and sadly, it's not going to be the last time. Right. This is going to keep happening. The Q still packed. All those clubs mm-hmm. are still there. Everyone's still going. They're still purchasing drinks. Nothing's changed. We, yeah, we, I, I, we talked about it for two weeks and that's it. Everybody forgot about it. Yeah, I think the thing that I noticed was we all heard it working in nightlife. We saw it and the people responded the way it worked best, but I don't think the people who go there and consume heard it enough. And yeah. whether they were unaware or decided not to and pretend it was a thing. I mean, unaware, it, it, like, girl, how many are going to be oblivious to this thing when it's literally happening well, exactly this is exactly on, this is on major publications this is being talked about i'm sure that the people were in the club and there were people talking about it you know so if, even if that was your first time hearing about it then that's your time to make an action or, or to take action and people still did it and people still won it's sad it sucks but if this is my life it's not the first time i experienced a shit ton of racism and discrimination since day one and i've been going out to clubs since i was 16 years old not a fake idea <laughs> and it was girl like I've been in this night like way before I started doing drag yeah. because I was I, and I was hanging out with certain groups of people who would get me into these parties and stuff like that so I was very in there very you know this, the fabulosity didn't stop because of drag it's always been here <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah it's it's going to take a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of people putting in the effort to make the work happen um and i just hope that it's no longer a band-aid of look i have money i'm going to donate to this charity and then it's all for you it's not how it works money doesn't buy um buy reparation it doesn't and it's it's got to change and it's got to change i don't know i just hope for the best i agree um, all right you know, let's I'll continue to do the work that i'm doing and stuff and um i'm very involved with uh, certain organizations and i talk a lot, a lot about activism and social justice at my shows and um being, I'm, you know i'm very like afro-latina and very like pro-black life ladder and all that shit and i'm constantly i'm talking about the politics of what's happening in that, in that world so i'm you know just keep doing that and hope for the best i love that 
Well, we're going to lighten it up a little bit and we're going to play everyone's favorite game. It's tea time where you're going to get to spill some tea, share some stories about people you love, family members, people you hate, people you shared stage with, people who guessed it for you, with you. I don't know. We're going to find out. It's your opportunity to share what you want. Are you ready? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to start easy with Mother Dearest, Ari Kiki. Got a tea about her? A tea story, or you can just say how much you love her, whatever you want to do. That's my man. Oh my God. That's mine. Tea about her, girl. I got stories and stories and stories. Um, I'm not going to get into details, but when she hears it, she'll know. Let's just say Fire Island 2016. Shorts. That's it. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, let let's go with another fun one. Mystery Mel Kiki. My little brother. <laughs> I love him too. He drives me crazy. He's he, 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 a little crazy. He's young, so you know, no learning. I call him the youth. Um <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm trying. I love him though. He's very stubborn, but he's good. Next up, Vicky Villainous. My auntie. It's funny because Vicky and I, like, kind of, like, got close out of nowhere by, like, smoking weed back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up being in the house and everything. Uh, I love them, too. She helps me out a lot with, like, fashion advice and, like, all that stuff, like, designs and shit. Because that's what nice. she that's what she does. Yeah. Next up, Svetlana Soli. Oh God. Fucking pity my ass. Um, I've learned to love her. She is a sister. Mm-hmm. She is a really, really dear friend of mine. Uh, but she's a fucking pain in the ass. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. Catch me at Lucky Chanks on Saturday, has to brunch. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, she opened my ass, but it's Milana has pushed me a lot um, in drawing as well because she's the one that comes up with this crazy old concepts um, that put me out of my box and out of my element and, and pushed me to do different things and be a motor track. Nice. Next up, Amanda Lapore. <laughs> Amanda, uh, she was my guest a couple of times at Club Comedy when I had my show with Katrina on Thursday night. I love, I mean, Amanda, it's, it's, it's the New York City staple. That's a, a legend. Um, it's funny because I used to like go to Greenhouse and be like mesmerized by her. Um, and then I got to work with her a lot at Club Comedy and she's really cool, and really sweet. Nice. Next up, Pixie Aventura. I love Pixie. Pixie is one of the most incredible artists I've ever met in my whole fucking life. Absolutely. Hands down. Uh, she's one of my top five performers in, in, in New York in drag period in the world. Like, I love Pixie. Pixie is a, is a, is a, great, is a great sister. I've learned a lot from her. A lot. Yeah. About the business, about the performance aspect, because her performance is so fucking sharp. Uh, I love Pixie. Next, we have Misty Mountains. <laughs> Misty! <laughs> I love Misty. 
Christine. This is a good time, God, always. Um, she be coming to see me at the cock. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I love Misty. That's my girl. All right, next up, someone who no longer goes here, but we love her dearly, Ritzy oh, Bits. Oh, I'm seeing her next month. I'm going to... <gasps> Yay. I'm going to um, Austin at the end of August, and I'll, I'll be performing at her show. Uh, so I'm really excited. Um, that bitch. <laughs> I miss doing brunches with her because I would always get to pick on her. She's like a little chihuahua. So she just barks a lot. Yep. She's very good at getting people to give her money. She is very good at that. I think that's where I got it from. I used to be good at just like taking it off her tables, but she told me that that was good. Because she's in mm-hmm. front of white people that more than I am. Um, so, <laughs> no, it's a, no, yeah, Ritzy Bets. Next up, Robin Fierce. Robin Fierce. I just started working with her recently. I think the first time we worked together was last summer. We did Pride um, for, what are they called? Fact signs. Mm-hmm. They do like the neon signs and they're really cool. So we did that and it was like all throughout like Brooklyn and these like venues and stuff. It was really fun. So that was the first time that I worked with her. I just saw her on Sunday. She's a good time girl too. She's a good sis. Um, one of the most recent people that I've um, like started like getting to know and hanging out with. Nice. Uh, yeah, she's a really great performer. Too. Speaking of great performers, Jax. Oh, girl, that little firecracker. I, I When I had my show at Soho with Katrina before I left, Jax was our guest. And it was my, I've never seen them before. Katrina was like, oh, yeah, this person, their name's Jax, and they're new, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, whatever, they can come do a number or two. Um, and she gets there and she's like limping. She's like, oh, I, I sprained my ankle last night. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, here we go. Excuses, this fucking young queens. So I'm like, oh, so in my head, I'm really like, this bitch is not going to do anything. This is such a, a waste of a bucket fee. Um, and then this bitch put on heels on a sprained ankle and then flip, dip, kablip, kablip. Mm-hmm. Girl, oh my God. I, I, yeah, yeah. Another and, one. Uh, Take I, care I of yourself. Gagged. I was gagged and good. She good now. She know what she's doing. Oh, <laughs> of course gagged. she does. I was gagged and gooped though. I was not expecting any of that. She she won me over. Her performance is great. Her hosting is great. She killed the sex boy. Uh, yeah. She got me. All right. How about Jax's bestie Essence? That's my niece. We outside. She listens to this. She will. I'll force her. I told you I'll force her to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, give me money. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I was with her last night as well at six ish. Essence. Essence is funny, though. We hosted um, the last show of 20, whatever last year it was, 2021 at Pieces. We did like this Christmas, whatever, on like the 26th. That was my, my final show of that year. And Essence is just going and going and going. I'm like, girl, slow down. I'm dying. Like, I did two ballots back to back and I was like sweating. Um, uh, yeah, like the youth. Like, I, again, the youth. the youth. This energy. All right. How about let's hear some tea on the sweetest drag queen in the world, 
Hibiscus. Hibiscus. <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, <laughs> hi, <laughs> hibiscus is funny. I have, I have a lot of stories about Hibiscus. Um, I love her laugh because she laughs like a, like a chimpanzee. She goes like, <laughs> it's hysterical. Um, but Hibiscus did some fucking voodoo on me. Oh, over no. the pandemic. So w- it was our first show together in the pandemic. And this is we were wearing shields and stuff. We we're doing a show at the Ritz. And she's like, oh, I don't know what's wrong, but I just keep peeing. And she like got out of my body like three times to pee. This is before the show. So I recorded her, put her password on. She's like, so then she was like, oh, you're a fucking dick. Um, now this is going to happen to you too. And I kid you not, she cursed me. Because ever since that day, I pee profusely for no reason. Um, whatever oh, shows no. the second I'm, the second I put my body and I get a jacket and I sip up that leotard or whatever I'm wearing, I gotta pee immediately. So I call it the hibiscus curse. There it is. Don't mess with hibiscus. Don't mess with her. She's little and she looks nice, but then she is a cunt. Hibiscus <laughs> is a cunt. Everyone thinks she's nice, and she, that I get my shady side from hibiscus. I can, I can, yep, I, I can tell. She's, she's amazing, though. If you have All right, let, let's. <laughs> oh, she's, she's been on the show many a time. Um, let, let's, let's hear about another youth, uh, Roque. Uh, Rokey, Rokey, Rokey. That's what I call her. Um, she is loud as fuck. I love her. That's my little niece, because Katrina gave birth to her. Mm-hmm. We were also together last night. No, Roque has really grown on me. At the beginning, I was like, who is this girl? She's crazy. And she is indeed fucking crazy. And I love every inch of that person. She's fucking great. She's a good time kid. Um, <laughs> for my invasion when I came back uh, from my sabbatical, um, <laughs> I do, you know, you know what, someone, when the drag queen goes, um, mm-hmm. And like runs into the hallway and then uses the stage door that comes back into the stage. Woo! Yeah. You see me, now we know. Um, so I did that and I really fucked up her foot because she was in the dressing room and I was just like, move! Until <laughs> <laughs> uh, this day, she's like, it still hurts, bitch. It still fucking hurts. Uh, but I'm like, you can talk to me like that. You can talk to me like you're an artist. <laughs> like, I got one more for you. Can you guess who it is? Is it someone I hate? You don't know who I hate. Well, you may hate her. You're doing a show with her. Katrina Lovelace. Oh, I don't hate her, though. There's really, really, like, I don't, like, what tea? I mean, I got tea about Katrina. Um, there, there's this time that Katrina got so fucking drunk. <laughs> and she lost her phone. So I was doing this. This is years ago. I was doing coaching at, at the car, and Katrina was there, wasted. So I, I'm like, you gotta go home, baby. You know, she's like, okay. She leaves in full drag, sits outside by like some building, and gets out of drag in the street. Drops her phone inside of the bush, and then has to like run because. The security guard is like, you gotta go. We're co- we call the cops. They're on their way. They thought she was like, oh my god. So <laughs> she comes back without her phone, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? And I'm a drag now. 
um, at that. And she's like, I lost my phone. Uh, I'm quitting drag. I'm quitting drag. I can't do this. And it was like a big mess. And then we found her phone. And then she's like, okay, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> it was really quick. Um, oh, Katrina. Jesus. I have other stories, but I don't think we could get into that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Being as close as you two are, you must know everything. Oh, girl, yeah. There, there's, we've seen things. I've seen her do things. <laughs> um, like splits on stage. <clears throat> and, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's family. <laughs> if you weren't doing drag, what would you be doing? I've never thought. I'm not good at those things, ever. I was that kid growing up that they were like, can you do a five-year plan? I'm like, I can do a five-year plan. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I would be doing if I wasn't doing drag. God knows. I don't know what I'll be doing next year. Like, I, That's I really, fair. I really work. Like my, I, I have things planned until October, and then I have to figure out the rest. That's fair. You've fallen down a rabbit hole on YouTube. What are you watching videos of? <sighs> Whales and dolphins. All right. Oh, I love that. Like the whale, pe- the people who like study the whales and stuff, the marine mm-hmm. biologists, all those videos of like under the sea and stuff. Can't Have you ever gone that. swimming with the dolphins yet? No, that's like a dream of mine. I oh, when I was a kid, I always wanted my parents to get a house with a pool because I wanted to have a dolphin. Uh, <laughs> obviously, I love that. That never happened. Damn it. Um, There's still time. Uh, There's still time. Uh, to what? Get a house with a pool or have a dolphin? Both. <laughs> Both. Both. Absolutely. Listen, if people could have Tiger King, I could have like Dolphin Bitch on Netflix. Exactly. If you could eat one meal every day for the rest of your life, what would it be? Like a fancy meal or like a, a shitty meal? Whatever your meal of choice is. Okay. I, this is very gay of me. Hot dogs. Mm-hmm. Very gay. And also makes me, it also makes me feel very American, you know. There. Um, <laughs> no, but I don't know. Yo, like I eat like I eat hot dogs like every other day type shit. I'm like, if I'm driving somewhere and I stop at a gas station, I'm like, ooh, let's get a hot dog. Um, papaya dog, ooh, let's get a hot dog. Yep. Um, yeah, yesterday I had three hot dogs. I, I if you had to pick one New York City drag artist to be your partner on the amazing race, who would it be? Oh. Not Katrina because she's too fat. She wouldn't make it that far. I need someone to balance us out. Two fat bitches. Uh, um, damn. I would say hibiscus. She has a lot of stamina. You can throw her. You can throw her up on things. Yes, think of that. Oh my god! Now I'm getting ideas. (laughs) I told her that I wanted to do a show with her. Maybe this is it. (laughs) There it is. All right. So we have two fan corner questions for you. Uh, The first one from Harry Lagrande. What is your favorite? What is your UK? Yeah, what is your favorite Gaga moment? Oh, that's hard. A personal one that I had with her, 
three really good friends, my friend Stephanie German. Um, uh, <laughs> for when she closed the Roseland the Roseland Ballroom, mm-hmm. this was in I don't remember like 2014, 2012, something like that. I I was at the very last show, and at the very end, I went to the stage door to wait for her to come out and shit. You know, so I could be like, yes, yeah, and her mom had given her a bouquet of flowers because it was the last show and the Rosa was closing forever. Yada, yada, yada. And I was the first person right at the door when she came out and she looked at me and took a rose and was like, yeah. and had to be That's so cool. And I was like, thank you. And then <laughs> I just like, froze. I don't panic. Yeah. I don't panic. I just like, I get very quiet. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> that, that's amazing yeah i don't i don't panic i'm really good at that um so that's probably my favorite lady gaga like moment that we share um yeah but in general i, I mean I've, I've had moments like that's my girl that's my girl i'm seeing the legend she is. this question is who are your favorite queens to co-host with? I'm not going to say who asked it yet. Who are my favorite queens to co-host with? I love working with Katrina because it's just natural. We feed up each other really well. I like co-hosting with Hibiscus. Petty Cash. Mm-hmm. We have a really good time together hosting together. She, we feed up really well with each other. Um, I enjoy hosting with Pixie too. Like doing drag swap is really fun with her. Nice. Have, that was a question. Kind of like dark humor. I love that. Uh, that. That was a question from Hibiscus. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, I see what she did here. <laughs> yeah. You see, I told you she is the shady. Shady. She's shady. Spirit the pot. Spirit the pot. <laughs> Katrina had so, this like question, like anonymous questions, the other day on Facebook, on Instagram, and I know it was her because one of the questions was, "Pick one." Hibiscus or Lola? <laughs> oh, shady. Okay, oh, wow. Bitch. All right. So I, I have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. Uh, and this is a question from Frida Kulo. Oh, love her. What is your go-to seamless or Uber Eats order? A large iced coffee, black, no sugar, no milk, and... Um, two cheeseburgers with mac sauce, no fries. Ooh, yummy! I know I, it's not random, but literally, I, I I eat that frequently, and like I have that combination frequently. I love that. Especially well, now is your like, <laughs> your now is your turn to ask my next guest a question, and it can be about anything you want to be. Um. Okay, that was a good question. Thank you, Frida. Uh, now the question that I would uh, like to ask. What is your go-to song to play while having sex? Oh, that's exciting. That's a fun question. That's interesting, right? I'm like, hmm. Yeah. Imagine someone is like, oh, Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, could be. Very well could be. Right. You never know. Um, we, love, <laughs> we love to open up the community here on Block Talk. Who would you like to hear an interview with in the future? Have you had Logan Hardcore here yet? I have not. I think that's that would be tea, honey. That All right, I, that 
I don't think Logan knows who I am, which is totally fine. Um, we've very rarely crossed paths, but I, I'm going to reach out to Logan because that would be a very it's good. Probably, it's probably for the best that you, know, you haven't crossed paths. With <laughs> <laughs> well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any other projects you want to plug? You can find me on social media at Lola Michelle T. That's Lola Michelle Michelle with one L, like Leah Michelle, because we're both assholes, uh, apparently. <laughs> And uh, yeah, Venmo, Lola Michelle Kiki. Um, yeah, you can find me in all those things. You can find me at Playhouse. You can find me at Stonewall sometimes. You can find me at Lucky Chains. You can find me on the cock every Friday and Saturday. I don't drag though, because I also do things in that life that are not drag related. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was lovely chatting with you. Thank you so much. I've been waiting for this. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. This is so much fun. A big thanks to Lola for coming on. Subscribe in your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.